And here we go, episode 29 of Nothing to Say, the Fans Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you had a fantastic week. And you know what? I think uh, I just got a good feeling about this show. I think Sam and I are both ready ready for this, especially Sam, for a couple reasons. But we'll get to that in a minute. Dude, how was your week? Yo, we got to go in strong with that song. We got to go in. Let's go, Jason. All right, we can just... We can just hop right into it if you want. No, I'm, I'm good. My week's been good. Just finals <laughs> coming up. You know, it's pretty stressful doing, like, final final exam stuff, and I, I procrastinate a lot, so that makes it difficult, but yeah, whatever. Hey, I think we all succumb to procrastination at least one point or another during the semester. You got to. You're not a college student unless you're, not, unless you're procrastinating. Hey, you know what? I probably should be studying for my <clears> math <throat> test by right now, but uh, we're going to do the show instead. So, but you know what? That's just because we care about our listeners. We we make sure we get content out. You know, we're just we're nice guys. What math is it? What math is it? Yeah, it's just a college algebra class. I was not going to read. Yeah, well, no, dude. Hey, hey, I was not. We took calculus in high school. We took statistics. I was not going to go back uh, after taking three years off of math and put myself back through calculus again. So, yeah, whatever, man. Hey, you know what? I just needed an easy class to pass, and uh, so you don't need to study for it. Ah, well, you need to review like the first couple lessons that we did. What x equals two? Oh, well, the, perfect, we got it. The funny thing was is that after taking after taking calculus in high school and stats, the first class when we walked in, she was talking about, oh yeah, so this is going to be a like a prep course for for trigonometry, and I was like, I already took it, and she was like. And then uh, after trigonometry, you'll move on to calculus. I was like, already took it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, I definitely signed up for like the easiest math class on campus. So, but you know you. what? Hey, you know what? I I needed one class. I needed uh, one class to uh, to just take a break on. I am so proud of you. Math in the sense that like it's we have like I think close to two thousand points in the grade book, but. But it wasn't. It really wasn't that difficult. So, but no, I get it. Finals week. My last day of school is actually Wednesday, Wednesday the eleventh. So, and then I'm off till January twenty seventh. I'm a massive break. How long is your break? It's from. It's only like, uh, from like mid December to the start of January. So it's like three weeks. Well, you know what? I guess we get a bigger break, but you guys started way later than us. Yeah, and then we finish because we have to we have to fit in three terms when you only have to do two, which kind of so weird kind of messes stuff up. Do you like that? Yeah, I like it because you get to like like you get more opportunity to take more classes than if like it was a semester. Oh, I couldn't take it this term and oh, I couldn't take it that and then it's like, "Oh my gosh, a year just went by and I couldn't take that one class." When like the quarter system, you can take you have technically four chances to take a class, which is really nice. I feel like it, with the shorter time period though, you wouldn't be able, well, I mean, no, you don't learn as much. Yeah. No, there's well, no. there's no way. Yeah, like I feel like it'd be like condensed almost oh, or it'd be for sure or it'd be like a lot of work over a shorter period like the same amount of work for like a normal like class like a college class but it's everything's just condensed and i feel like you'd have more accumulating homework over a shorter period of time it's like a crash course 
on a certain subject. You don't get that. You don't get like filler time. It's right. Just boom, 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 boom. Chapter, 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 chapter. Okay, we're done. Finals. Okay. <laughs> that's that's pretty much what it is. And then you're just sitting there like, did we learn anything? I don't. I'm still on. I I'm still on everything. page. I'm still on page ten. I don't. Um. Yeah, no, I uh, I don't know. I don't know if I would like that. I'm not sure. But luckily, I don't have to deal with that. <laughs> but uh, what we do have to deal with now is our opening segment, what we learned. And I'll what kick us learned. off. I'll kick us off with uh, number one. Uh, the We did a poll last week with our power rankings. Um, and we had the Chiefs at number five. And we left the New England Patriots out of our top five. And we put up a poll, and the public sided with the NFL, who put the Patriots at number three. So all Sam and I can say is, we told you so. The really? Patriots, yeah. People agreed with that? Yeah, people were, uh, were. I think it ended up being, I think we lost by one vote. It may have been a 50-50, but I think we lost by one. Yeah. So all we can say is, we told you so. That game was, um, I mean, it was not. It was twenty three to sixteen, but it really was never that close. I mean, it was twenty to seven at one point, and then it was twenty three to seven um, at one. Or was it twenty? Yeah. Well, it was twenty to seven at one point. Like the Chiefs just went into uh, Foxborough and they ended the Patriots' eighteen consecutive and twenty one, including the playoffs, consecutive home winning streak. And that means that actually, the Patriots this season. In terms of who they've lost to, all mm-hmm. the court, all the quarterbacks that they've lost to are under twenty five, <laughs> and they're all playoff teams. And they're all playoff teams. Yep, not not a super good sign. No, no, not feeling good about the Patriots heading into the playoffs. Not at all. But like I said, Sam and I told you guys so. You got anything to say about the game? I know we'll get to it later. But any quick thoughts? Uh, I was just going to move past. I think we're going to talk about it later. All right, then uh, number two and what we learned, uh, we potentially had an NFC championship uh, preview game with the 49ers and the Saints. Sam, I'll give you the floor for this. We learned who the top dog is in the NFC. That's all I'm going to say. The funny thing is, is that you go into that game, and if you tell me beforehand that Drew Brees was going to go 29 of 40, throw for 349 yards and five touchdowns and run for a six-touchdown, Absolutely torched that Niners defense. De- yeah, destroyed their defense. I would have said there's not a chance. In, I think most people would have said that there's no way that San Francisco is going to put up over 45 points in New Orleans in the Dome and beat the Saints in the fashion that they did. But here we are. Here we, here we are. Jimmy Garoppolo went, went toe-to-toe with Drew Brees. Garoppolo had a great game himself, 26 of 35, 349 yards. They both threw for exactly 349 yards. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> and Garoppolo had four touchdowns. He did have one pick. Um, off, off his receiver's hands, but that's cool. Yeah. So it was, a, it was a super fun game, and honestly, that could be our NFC Championship preview. And I think if it is, then I think everybody's going to sign up for that. Um, what else did we learn? Yep. Close it out. NFC East. Whole dumpster fire. I don't, oh I don't want to see any of them make the playoffs. They should They should have it this year where no, no one in the NFC East represents. <laughs> if you watch tonight's game, first off, sorry that you had to go through that. Philadelphia does not deserve to make the playoffs. And Dallas losing to Mitchell Trubisky and the Chicago 
Bears, which we didn't actually get a chance to talk about, which kind of sucks, but that embarrassing loss. None of those, neither of those two teams deserve to make the playoffs. No. Well, it's not even necessarily that neither of those two teams deserve to make the playoffs. Neither one of those teams right now deserve to host a playoff game. Oh my gosh. You, They're going to host Seattle or the Niners. As of right now, division. Yeah, as of right now, the Cowboys, the 6 and 7 Cowboys would be hosting the 10 and 3 Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like you talk like the NBA right now is considering moving around their playoff picture. The fact that the Cowboys would get to host a playoff game or Philadelphia maybe is it I just it's not it's like I hate to scream and shout and use the argument that it's not fair, but it's not. Like it's just it's it's not fair that they're gonna get a home playoff game when there are teams below them, both two teams below them in the Vikings and the Seahawks, who would probably pound on the Cowboys or Eagles. No, that's so it doesn't make sense. There's no justice in the world. No, no. And I got, I got one more. Oh, surprise. What we learned is the Rams haven't quite given up this year. No, not yet. <laughs> Far cry from that Monday night game when they got blown out by Baltimore. They didn't even show up for that game. Well, you know what the difference was in this game? Was Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley balled out. They gave they fed him the ball 23 times. If you were to just look at Seattle and L.A., just in the microscope of yesterday, you would have said, oh, the Rams are the 10-3 and team, and Seattle is the team that has been struggling. That's what it looked like. It looked like a complete role reversal. That was the L.A. Rams team of last year. Mm-hmm. Just utterly dominated Seattle. Yeah, and they not only did they win, but they, they you're right, they dominated, and they dominated on a pretty average Jared Goff performance. I mean, he threw two touchdowns, two interceptions. Like I said, it was Todd Gurley because as soon as as soon as Todd Gurley gets going, that offense becomes such a different animal when they can when they can run their play action. Like they 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 ebb and flow based on um, how Todd Gurley goes, and if Todd Gurley's going. Uh, getting going early, then that play-action offense, which is what their offense is built around, uh, becomes ridiculously dangerous. Well, you, you said it was average, but that's one of the better performances Jared Goff has given this team this year. This year, yeah. It's crazy, and that was enough. That just goes to show how much talent they have on that team. They are going to have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on this team for the foreseeable future. Because mm-hmm. I'm assuming they're going to re-sign him. I would imagine. At with, least Aaron Donald. With Todd Gurley, with Brandon Cooks, with Robert Woods. Oh, my gosh. Jared Goff, who's... Cooper what, Cup. <laughs> Cooper Cup, who we forgot. It's, that team is loaded at every position. And it doesn't make sense why they haven't been playing well. But as of late, they've been balling out. Yeah, when your offensive uh, weapons consist of Todd Gurley, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Brandon Cooks, and even Tyler Higby, who plays well for them... Like you would expect them to be putting up, you know, an average of twenty eight points. Oh, what's their what's their tight end's name too? He's actually pretty good. Oh, uh, oh, oh, yeah. Hang on, give me one sec. I just moved away from their, um, their roster. Uh, da, 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 da. He didn't. Oh, doesn't look like he had a catch. Oh really? I think he's just been he's been playing all right this year. I don't know. No, wait a minute. I'm sorry. Tyler Higby's their tight end. My bad. 
I was totally looking at the wrong guy. Yeah, Higby's their tight end. Is he? Yeah, I was looking at the wrong guy. Um, but yeah. So, like I said, their offense is so much, so solely built around uh, the play action, and it doesn't work unless you feed Todd Gurley. But and you give him, Todd Gurley's too good of a running back to a not feed him, and b if he gets twenty three touches, he's gonna break one or two eventually. So. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, eventually. yeah, eventually, eventually it's gonna happen. So, uh, but I agree. The uh, the Rams. Well, well hang on, because now that you bring them up, now that you bring them up, let's look at their the back half of their schedule real quick, because they have two very winnable games in the Cowboys and Cardinals. Mm-hmm. They win that if they win that game, both those games, they'd be ten and five. But they have in between that, um, they the, have the forty nine. Yeah, yeah, the big yeah, which will probably be a hard game, but no, it won't. The uh, the Niners should uh, the Niners should handle that game. So you're potentially looking at a uh, ten and six Rams team. And in terms of the standings and the playoff picture right now, uh, do you think ten and six is going to get them a playoff berth in the NFC? Because right now they're competing with Seattle and Minnesota. I don't know if they're going to catch Seattle, but they're they not. might catch Minnesota. They um. might. Because Minnesota plays Green Bay and Chicago again, and then they have one kind of dud team, right? Yeah, let me check real quick. They have – so they have the Chargers next week, and then they have the Packers at home. And So they finish out They finish out the season with two games at home. They have the Packers at home and the Bears at home. Which I feel like they could win. I don't think they catch Minnesota. So you do not think the, the Rams are going to make the playoffs this year? I think because of this – the one game is so huge. The one game lead that Minnesota has over LA is so huge because if they were both tied, I would actually give it to LA over Minnesota. But because Minnesota has that one game lead, they have more room for error. True. And LA True. has to be perfect. I don't know who owns the tiebreaker at this point between Minnesota, um, like. Like, because they're not they're not in the same uh, division, so I don't know how the tiebreakers would work out in the sense that if they if they both finished with the, the same record, did they um, play each other? Did they play each other? Um, let's see. So I go to the Vikings schedule. Who have they played this year? Uh, they played the Falcons, Bears, Raiders, Bears, Giants, Eagles, Lions, Redskins, Chiefs. Broncos, no, no, they never, they never cross paths. So I don't know who would own the tiebreaker at that point, which would be interesting to see at that point. And my goodness, the NFC is um, so much better than the AFC. It's crazy <laughs> how much, how, how, how deep. I mean, the NFC, mine. Well, can't really count the NFC East. So taking out the NFC East, the NFC as a whole is like six deep with legitimate teams like the Rams, Minnesota, Seattle, New Orleans, Green Bay, San Francisco. And then you have the AFC. Then the only one you're really I think the only team that you're really scared of in the AFC right now is Baltimore. And maybe Kansas City at this point because they're peaking yeah, but, at the Well, Kansas City still has flaws though. True, but they're peaking at the right time right now and their defense is playing much better. If you look at and this is probably just recency bias, but I'm going to put Seattle in this conversation. Seattle New Orleans and San Francisco, I think, are the three most complete teams 
in football, I'd even say, even ahead of Baltimore, which is kind of weird to say. I don't know. But you still I, have three complete teams in the NFC, and then you have one. Yeah. In the AFC. I'm not even counting Green Bay because we've seen their flaws. Yeah, Green Bay Green Bay scares me in the sense that like if you were to like bet if you were to place a a substantial amount of money on them to win a, one of these playoff games, like I feel like they I mean, they you cannot look past their just absolute egg that they laid against the Chargers, you know? Or the Niners or barely or, beating or the Niners, Washington. Yeah. And they barely beat the Panthers this year too. This offense is not and they barely beat the Lions as well. Hey, but a win's a win. So that's what True. we have to say. True. And um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see because, uh, I mean, the, N- the NFC is so good. So, well, I mean, if you were a, a smart man, you'd be betting on somebody from the NFC to win the championship. Baltimore, um, right? No, I'd probably bet on Baltimore. You think? Well, because if you think about, like, why would I pick a – Say, like, why would I pick the Niners right now to win the championship? They have to go through New so Orleans, you, Okay, Seattle, so you're going to – yeah, Green you're going to say that their road – that the NFC road obviously is going to be harder. Yeah, so Baltimore is the surer bet, and New England's been the surer bet of years past just because of the fact that the AFC is, is like, so much weaker. Well, I agree with you in the sense that Baltimore is the surer bet to get to the Super Bowl, but once they get to the Super Bowl, are they the sure surest bet to win? Um – you had just said that the two most complete teams are San Francisco and New Orleans. I think, well, that wasn't exactly what I said. But I think as long as they don't play San Francisco, I think they beat everyone else. And, yes, that's probably pretty biased on my part. But I feel like San Francisco is the, is the only team that would be able to keep them somewhat in check. Well, they did. I mean, they they kind of did in the and I yeah, but that game was so fluky. It was the weather and everything. Like we we don't know what True. those teams would play. What the what that game would look like on dry turf. We don't and, know that. Yeah, and we mentioned that last week too. Like if that did if that game at all changed your opinion on San Francisco or Baltimore, then you're you're kind of crazy. And the game just this weekend, the big game with New Orleans and San Francisco. If you're thinking that New Orleans is somehow a worse team after that game, you're nuts. No, yeah. That was the best game they have played all year. Yeah, and it, honestly, it came down to who had the ball last. Oh, for sure. That was it. That's all it was. And I was sitting there, and I was talking to my dad, and I was like, this game is going to be won on whichever team can make a defensive stop. I and was... – <laughs> Nobody did, so it just came down to who had the ball last. I was listening because I was working at the time, so I was just listening on my headphones, and it was just New Orleans goes down, and I'm like, goes down and score on their first possession, like made it look easy. Jared Cook yeah. was running all, all over the Niners because they were just leaving him open for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is going to be a long day. Because I was talking big. I, I had a big talk going, going into did? that game last week. You did? But, and Drew Brees shut me up. He he showed out, which I didn't think. After seeing them play against Atlanta, I didn't see that coming. We'll never bet against Drew Brees. He's a Hall of Famer. He's the best quarterback to ever play. So, 
Um, okay. <laughs> he is. He is. I'll, I'll, I'll stake that claim right now. I'll, I'll plant my flag in that. He's the best quarterback to ever play. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, and can I just give um, San Francisco some credit in the sense that the move of the century has been getting Emmanuel Sanders over to the 49ers because, good Lord, has that paid off in spades having him on the field. Seven receptions, 157 yards, one touchdown. Think about it. With Emmanuel Sanders playing as well as he has, you force teams to double Sanders, all right? Uh, at least Maybe. put their best corner on him. Right. So I, don't put think their... you, I don't think you double Sanders. In certain you, situations, oh, you, maybe. You might actually shade the safety. If you're playing a single high safety, you probably shade to his because he showed the deep threat. Right. Uh, and then, yes, or two days ago. What, yesterday? What's yeah. today? Today. <laughs> today. <laughs> well, then you have George Kittle. And oh. are you, are you going to double George Kittle? Because if you don't double George you Kittle, now he – Yeah, exactly. So you double George Kittle, and then you're shading possibly over to Emmanuel Sanders – Debo Samuel is a good enough wide receiver that he can Stud. beat one-on-one coverage. Or Kendrick Bourne. See, this is where that Seattle game, you can't take anything from that game because you had Debo as your number one, which we both agree he's a, shown to be a good wide receiver, the young rookie, but he's not a number one. He's, he's exactly what San Francisco needs right now in and terms of having Sanders be one. You have Sanders one, then you have Debo, who's a pretty good number two. He's more of like a third option because I think Kittle's the first option every time. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you have Kendrick Bourne, who if you put your fourth best corner on him or your third best corner on him, Kendrick Bourne is good enough. As we've seen, he's been catching a lot of touchdowns in the red zone. Two touchdowns last game. He is good enough to beat those one-on-one situations. I, I just think the fact that Emmanuel Sanders is there and is that big of a threat, it just helps the whole team. Because you have last or that game boiled down to who was Eli Apple guarding most of the game? That's yeah. the cornerback for New Orleans who came from New York. Mm-hmm. Whoever he was guarding, the ball was going to him. Yeah. It was perfect game plan. Well, because you're not going to throw against Lattimore. Because oh Lattimore's a, you, you're not going to throw that guy's way. Lattimore locks people up. Oh my gosh, he's so good. He's so good. Um, yeah, it was. I, I agree. And that last run by George Kittle, <laughs> bro. Oh my man. gosh. Can we can we please say he's the best tight end in football now? He has oh, a for broken sure. bone in his foot currently, and he's still dragging three Saints defenders as they're pulling on his face mask. And you know why he's the best um, tight end? Because he Yuck. also blocks. Um, I love that. They brought that up in the, in the, uh, oh, what is it? The broadcast. He, oh my, he's so, he's like the most physical tight end I've ever seen next to Gronk. I didn't realize this because it never gets highlighted, but that game against Baltimore, he apparently like had the highest blocking grades for a tight end in like NFL history. Yeah. He's a phenomenal blocker. He's just a gamer. There's no load management for George Kittle. No. Not at all. He's by far, in a way, the best tight end in the league. He's the closest thing you'd have to a, like a healthy young Gronk at the moment. I feel like that's what everybody's going to be comparing tight ends to now is Gronk. But I feel like with George Kittle, it's an apt comparison because the dude is just monstrously physical. It's insane how hard he plays. I love watching him play. Um, I I would like 
if if the Raiders had to give up like twelve players to go get George Kittle, I'd be like, sweet, go get him. I don't care. Give 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 him John Gruden. I don't care. <laughs> like seriously, <laughs> freaking, he is. He's so so good, and he's so fun to watch. And he seems like such a a team player too. Because oh, you he's watch, a leader. Yeah, you watch how hard like. You watch him as he's running routes. Obviously, he's running routes hard. But like I said, with the blocking, like he looks like he's trying to kill somebody every time he goes and blocks. He's the first guy to celebrate with you after a touchdown or a big play. And just those plays where he's dragging guys or stiff-arming guys off him, that ignites a team. Yeah. Those plays are huge for the whole team. Then you get Debo running over people or breaking tackles. You get Jimmy G fired up. I think George Kittle is one of the biggest Jimmy G supporters Yeah, on the face of the planet. Either him or Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan, with that, that play calling, was like, oh, you guys have been saying Jimmy G's our weakest link? Let's show you what Jimmy G is. Well, and... Four or five to start the game. With well, and touchdowns. Shanahan is so good at being able to work in the Niners run game in such a creative way. Um, you know, bring, I mean, you look at... You had... Two guys who rushed for over 50 yards. Debo Samuel rushed for 33 as well. Coleman got some carries as well. Like He, he just works in um, everybody in the run game, and it's really fun to watch. Um, he's, a, he's a fantastic offensive mind. Um, but I'll tell you what, he needs a new hat. That little logo hat that he has is the stupidest hat I've ever seen in my entire the, life. The red Niner hat? Yeah, the one where the logo is like the size of a thumbtack. It's, it's clean, bro. It would be clean if the logo was bigger. Yo, it's called fashion. Do you know? Yo, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's ugly. Yo, but the, the all-white, like, tracksuit that he was wearing? It's pretty clean. It was clean, bro. It's better than the Jim Harbaugh khakis, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but that hat is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It's yeah, terrible. Kyle can do whatever he wants. Yo, Kyle, if you're listening, you could do whatever you want. Man. Kyle, get a new hat, seriously. <laughs> but Kyle was in his bag. I think if we were to compare coaching, I think Kyle Shanahan had a bigger impact on his team's success than uh, Sean Payton did. In that game? Well, yeah, because Shanahan's the offensive play caller. So, And I know Sean, Payton, I know Payton, Payton is, is too. too. <laughs> I know Payton is too as well, but still, like um, – in terms of Shanahan having to work with, because and the only reason why I say that is because, yes, Sean Payton is a play caller as well, but you know Drew is changing plays and doing yeah. a whole, and calling his own plays as well. I think with Shanahan, Shanahan is, I mean, Jimmy is obviously doing that as well, but it's going to be at a different level because it's Drew. Oh, it's way different. Yeah, so I feel I get what you're. So I know me saying that you know. Shanahan, I mean, that Shanahan was a play caller, duh, like Sean Payton is as well. But it's different when you have Drew Brees as your quarterback. Yo, he was just in his bag last, yeah. or yesterday. That's For all sure. And another 10 o'clock game. I know. I know. <laughs> that is the Sunday night game. NFL, you are getting ratings. That is the Rams versus Chiefs game last year. Yeah. But I think even bigger because you have two better teams than what we saw those teams last year. But. For sure. And if, like I said, I'll keep saying, if you can flex the Raiders and Chiefs game last week to 1 o'clock, I don't know why you can't flex the 49ers game um, to uh, to Sunday night and switch the – I mean, Seahawks-Rams, yeah, that's a good game, but it's not – it doesn't it doesn't have the, the sexiness that the 49ers and Saints game does. 
You so. want to you want to talk about the Raiders? Uh, actually, uh, what I was going to do was go into the uh, do a quick scores uh, like we normally do, and we'll t- yeah, touch yeah. on we'll touch on the games real quick because um, yeah. we spent a lot of time on the the Forty Nine ers Saints game, but rightfully so. That was the biggest game in the weekend by far because not only and here's one th- here's my final word on this: the Forty Nine ers went from potentially having a wild card to being first in the entire NFC and having to buy the first round. So that's how big that game was. For the 49ers. And New Orleans has dropped all the way to third. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now they're not hosting. Yeah. Well, at least they don't have that first round bye. Um, and then they'd have to go. So, uh, But, yeah, it was a huge game for both New Orleans and especially San Francisco. So, quick scores real quick. Bears beat the Cowboys 31-24. The Buccaneers have won three in a row, I believe. It's either three in a row or two in a row now. Um and uh, 38 to 35 over the Colts. The Colts just gave them that game. The Vikings beat the Lions. I didn't even know the Lions were still playing football at the, at the time now. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, 20, to, 20 to 7. Vikings win. Ravens beat the Bills 24 to 17. We keep talking about the Bills, man. Like the Bills, until you beat somebody legitimate, nobody's going to look at you. It's great that you're 9 and 4, but you haven't really beat anybody yet. So Wait, but they beat Dallas. Isn't Dallas legitimate? <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Um, Packers beat the Redskins 20 to 15. Again, it was a close game. I don't know why the Packers are barely winning these games. The Texans, the Texans dropped a game, which would have been great for the Raiders. Um, except, uh, yeah, the Raiders lost as well. So the Broncos win 38 to 24. The Browns beat the Bengals, keep their playoff hopes barely alive. 27 to 19. We talked about the 49ers and Saints. The final score was 48 to 46. Falcons, Falcons, look like a completely different team with uh, Matt Ryan as their quarterback, which they should, but it's ridiculous how drastic it's been. 40-20 to 20 over the Panthers. The Jets beat the Dolphins 22-21. to 21. Chiefs going to Foxborough, win 23-16. to 16. Chargers thumped the Jaguars 45-10. to 10. Titans also thumped the Raiders 42-21. to 21. Steelers beat the Cardinals 23-17. Rams beat the Seahawks 28-12. And we just talked about a little bit the Eagles and the Giants in the horrendous NFC East, the worst division in NFL history. The Eagles win 23-17. to 17. So, I mean, there were, there were good games this weekend, but there weren't any, like, necessarily big games other than the 49ers and the Saints game. The, that Chiefs game was big in terms of, um, you know, I mean, obviously the Patriots ended their their 18 consecutive or 21, if you count the playoffs, consecutive home winning streak. Uh, and the Chiefs go into Foxborough and they get a statement win against the Patriots. But, I mean, are you shocked that the Chiefs won? Because I'm not. Well, we both picked them. Well, I mean, I understand that, but I know, but I mean, like, taking away from the picks, like, are you really shocked that the Chiefs won? Cause I'm, I don't. I'm shocked at how bad New England looked. That's yeah. what I'm really shocked, or how, how bad they have looked for the last three weeks. Yeah. Um, I think that that win was big for Kansas City because they haven't been able, in the Mahomes-Reed era, they were 0-2 going into that game against New England, and New England was kind of like the big brother of that yeah. matchup, and now you get that monkey off your back, and if you end up going into Foxborough, or they go into Arrowhead, depending on playoff seating and everything, you're not going to be as scared if you're Kansas City of that New England Patriots team. Yeah, and the Chiefs are playing their best football right now. They're peaking at the at the right time. 
Um, the Chiefs are going to be a scary team if they because uh, they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be a scary team uh, to play against. They're my uh, only hope to having a pretty good uh, Super Bowl prediction. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Because who did you pick from the NFC? The Bears? The, the Bears. Oh, man. <laughs> who did I have? I had the Saints and... and New England? No, uh, San Diego. Was it San Diego? Yeah. It was San Diego. talking about how... Um... Yeah, that's right. The two narratives. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So we had, we've had one good pick. And then one pick that completely fell off the rails. Hey, Chicago can still make the playoffs. They make it the Super Bowl. Because <laughs> uh, they wouldn't host a playoff game. And if they're not playing in Chicago, man, I don't know. Um, so we can we can touch on the Raiders real quick, I guess. I mean, they, they played all right. Um, so two weeks ago, Jason, <laughs> we talked about the Raiders potentially. They were, they were in a good spot to make the playoffs. We're... Did they we were. Not, did we not agree with that? They they were. They were six and four. They were, they were playing some great football. I mean what? six and six and five. I'm sorry. No, weren't they six and four? Uh, no, because they're six and seven now. They were six and six. Uh, oh, they were six and four. I think they were because they lost to New uh, New yeah, York. because when they beat when they beat Cincinnati, they were six and four. Yeah. What happened? What happened? Um. Well. Our offensive line has been banged up, which it has been all year. Uh, Trent Brown didn't play uh, in this game against the Titans, uh, which is huge. He's arguably uh, one of the best offensive linemen in the league. Um, and Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs was out. And not having Josh Jacobs, that offense is completely different. Like I love our little three-headed Hydra Mighty Might running back backfield with Washington, Richard, and um, – uh, freaking Jacobs, but with Jacobs being out, you force Washington and Richard into becoming, you know, the one, two, which Washington is, a, is actually, they're both good running backs, but the reason why they perform well is because Jacobs opens up stuff for them because they don't have to do what Jacobs does and not having Jacobs there, um, totally took away from the, from what the Raiders have been doing well on offense, which is running the ball. Like the Raiders want to run the ball two out of three times and then have Derek throw first down and we just keep, we just keep rolling. Um, so not having, not having, uh, Jacobs there was huge, but you know what? I, if Paul Gunther, the Raiders defensive coordinator is not fired at the end of this year, I'm going to oh. be, I'm going to be surprised. You you calling for the DC's job. Oh dude. It's so bad. They're so bad on defense. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I don't know what's going on with them. they, like, and I understand that Vontez Perfect is out. He was supposed to be your main centerpiece on defense. Uh, Abrams got hurt in the very beginning of the season. I get it. We have a rookie cornerback. I understand. But still, like, it just, they're just so bad on defense. I, I'm, go- I, I'm not sure that he's going to get fired, but I wouldn't be surprised if Paul Gunther got fired. Because um, I feel like you can give him some leeway with the amount of injuries the Raiders have had on defense. But he's on the he's on the hot seat for sure, and it's not like Derek Carr had a bad game. He was twenty five for thirty four, two hundred sixty three yards, two touchdowns, no picks. It was a very Derek Carr game, and to the Raiders' credit, it was twenty one twenty one at half with the banged up team that they had. But then all of a sudden, it was just like, well, Tennessee, um, we know you want to make the playoffs. Um, 
So we'll get out of your way and let you <laughs> let you just go on your way, Tennessee. I don't think we're as motivated as you. Um, so be, we're be gentle, Ryan. Yeah. So just uh, Tannehill to be a good comeback story. We saw that the Texans lost, so let's just make it interesting. You guys can uh, you guys can have the second half. We'll uh, we'll see we'll see in Sweden. Um. So yeah, I don't I don't really know I don't know what to say. I I'm disappointed, uh, but uh, yeah, you can you can wallow in my sorrow as the 49ers dance to the playoffs. Whatever. Whatever. You got anything to say about the game? I don't. I'm tired of the game. Whatever. No, I didn't watch it. Okay. Well, then we're just gonna move on. Uh, um. I really hope the Eagles win the NFC East. I wanted I Washington s- to win the NFC East. I, I, <laughs> I am so pulling for the Eagles to win this division. I think it would be so funny if they come back and beat the Cowboys uh, and win the division. That would be hilarious. That is the scenario I'm hoping for. Neither te- When I turned on the game and they were down 17-9, to to the New York Giants, the two and eleven New York Giants. I had the biggest eye roll of my life. <laughs> like how, how, how? For the, and yes, you got the win, but barely. Yeah, barely. Any other team probably would have lost. Probably because any other team probably doesn't uh, put up zero points in the third and fourth quarter. You know. Man, that's that Eli. Eli Manning. Well, you know, Eli didn't have a horrible game. He was, I mean, he wasn't com- the most accurate quarterback alive. He was only 15 for 30, 200 yards, 203 yards, and two touchdowns. But, I mean, they got up 17 to 3. All they had to do was hold the, hold the Eagles. <laughs> and they gave up three straight touchdowns. So, mm-hmm. but like we said, there weren't very many impactful games this week other than the 49ers Saints game and maybe the Chiefs Patriots game. Um, and there weren't really any major surprises either. I feel like the Rams-Seahawks game was pretty big. It was a big game. I, I Would you call it a surprise? Well, I, I picked LA to win, so no, I wouldn't call it a surprise. That's true. So on our picks this week, uh, it was 4-3. to three. Um, Sam ended up winning, so now the record is 7-6. Uh, and six. I'm ahead. Or at least the unofficial record is seven <laughs> and six. Um, so we can do our picks for next week. Um, Thursday night game is the Ravens at home against the Jets. <laughs> well, well, what I was thinking was, um, just just to close on this week, yeah, go ahead. Fourteen. That Seattle game was big for the Niners because it allows the Niners to outright have the lead in that division again. The division, yeah. Because if Seattle matched serve and beat LA, Seattle still would have been up and it would have come down to, well, it still kind of comes down to that game in Seattle, but it's, it's, it gives the Niners a little more breathing room and a little more room for error. Oh, and what a big game that's going to be. Like what a big game that's shaping up to be. Yeah. Niners are going to just destroy them. (laughs) It's in Seattle. I don't know. We'll yeah, see. It, it, it doesn't matter. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, so here we go. Week 15. All right. um, the Ravens are at home against the Jets. Yeah, it's, it's Baltimore. Yep. Packers are at home against the Bears. Pa- Packers. Bears are riding a bit of a hot streak, but the Packers are at home, and I have a hard time betting against Aaron Rodgers. So, um, so yeah, I'll go Packers as well. 
Patriots are on the road against the Bengals. Patriots? Yep. Panthers are at home against the Seahawks. Seattle? Yep, I agree there too. All right, so here's – I think here's potentially, potentially, especially in terms of playoff implications, the most interesting game of the weekend. The Texans are on the road at Tennessee. Ooh. That is a monstrous, monstrous game in terms of playoffs. I'm going Tennessee. You know, it's really – I really want to go Tennessee too because they're home. And Houston – Houston's one of those teams where it's just like right now – I mean, they're a dangerous team, but they've lost to the Broncos. They lost to the Colts. They lost to the Panthers. (laughs) They barely beat the Jaguars. Barely beat the Jaguars. And then they got crushed by the Ravens. Like, they've had some losses where you just kind of scratch your head. And the Titans are playing their best football right now. Um, So, I'm going to say Tennessee as well. But if we have to flip... Because we're not even. I mean, because we're even at the end of this. I will flip to the Texans. All right. Um, so we got the Giants at home against the Dolphins. Wow. Uh, Dolphins. I don't know who the quarterback's going to be in that game. I think it's Eli again. Dolphins expected to face veteran QB Eli Manning next week. Oh, geez. I really, like, want to pick the Dolphins, too. Because I feel like they're, like, you might get some Fitz, uh, some Fitz magic. <laughs> Fitz magic in in New York, maybe. Uh, I'll go Dolphins as well. Um, Chiefs at home against the Broncos. I got the Chiefs. I'm gonna go uh, Denver. Denver. Interesting. Any justification behind that? No. All right, moving on. <laughs> Redskins. Redskins are at home against the Eagles. I got the eggs. Go, birds, go. Give me Washington. Give you Washington. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to lose this week. Oh, man, okay. <laughs> you don't have to pick them. I don't know. No, I want to. It's not like, okay. It's for the content. <laughs> well, people are just going to think you're uncredible. Lions are at home against the Buccaneers. Give me the Bucks on the road. Yeah. Oh, all right. I thought you were going to the Lions. Here we go. Uh, Cardinals are at home against the Browns. It's a dangerous game for the Browns. Why? They're already dead. No, they're, they still are alive. How? They still have a chance. They, they have a very slim chance. Didn't they but, lose last week? Uh, no, I was list. I was literally listening to a show this morning on ESPN talking about what this game did, and they're still by the narrowest margin still alive. Not by much, but they're still alive. Didn't they lose last week? Did no, they, they beat the Bengals. Yeah, okay. they beat the Bengals. Um, who was the end? Browns? It was the uh, the Browns and the Cardinals. Cardinals are at home. Uh, if the Browns are playing for something, I guess. I'm going to take the cards. Give me the cards at home. Let's go Kyler Murray, who actually has the, been the most sacked quarterback in the NFL this year, surprisingly. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, surprising stat. Uh, but I think that just chalks up to him holding the ball too long, rookie quarterback. Chargers are at home against the Vikings. Uh, Minnesota. 
Yeah, Raiders are at home against the Jaguars. I have to go with the Raiders, so. Yeah, it's the Raiders. All right. Uh, Cowboys are at home against the Rams. The Rams. 100%. The 49ers are going to beat the Falcons at home. I think we can move on from that. (laughs) Um, The Saints are going to beat the Colts at home. I think we're going to move from that as well. Um, And then the Steelers are at home against the Bills. That'll be an interesting game. That's now, a pretty the, big game. That's a AFC. huge game, actually. Bills win, though. Ooh. <laughs> um, gosh. Well, we're at three games right now. So. This week is kind of a dud. I kind of is. <laughs> but I want to go with the Steelers. Like, I really, like, you went, you're going wanky picks with the well, Broncos. Well, then you can go uh, Chicago. Wait, who is it? It was the Houston Tennessee game. Oh yeah, Houston. Yeah. So I'll go. Um, I'll go the Steelers versus over the Bills. Even though I've been riding the Bills this year, Houston and the Titans. So we got five games. Um, and here's the question that I have for you. Okay, we had our power rankings last week, and I want to revisit the power rankings just in the sense that I think. Um, in terms of the current power rankings, in my opinion, and you can tell me if you agree, I still have Baltimore as number one. The 49ers are definitely number two. Definitely number two. And I think by the narrowest margin, the only reason why I wouldn't put them over the Ravens right now is just because the head-to-head. Um, I, I go Ravens, 49ers, Saints, um, Seattle, and... Chiefs, like I, I think, I think it's re- even after everything that happened, I think it's relatively the same. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think, it's despite how big this game was between the Forty ers and the Saints, I don't think it changes how you view Baltimore right now. I don't think that, at least in my opinion, they don't jump. Um. They don't jump the uh, the Ravens, in my opinion. Yeah, well, if anything, Baltimore looks better because they were able to beat the team that looked so good on Sunday. You know, do you, do you get what I'm saying? I get, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, if anything, that win of the Niners heightens the win for Baltimore the week before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what, for sure. That's what it is for me, at least. So, speaking of rankings the cfp the final rankings are out oh shoot we're talking about this yeah i totally hey, whoa, 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 whoa. can we get a little sco ducks number six pack 12 champs baby number six yeah we who said utah was good good game who oh, you, bet on you smoked them who smoked them oh, my gosh. yeah i know we lost to asu but come on you think you think we're really going to let that happen? Teams play well at Levi Stadium, baby. That's all I'm saying. Oh, man, like you guys, they totally ran up the score against Utah. And good for them, too. Like, um, they jumped out to a 20 nothing lead and never looked back. It just, it just hurts because as long as you don't lose to a bad ASU team, you are in the college football playoff. 
Yeah, I think, <laughs> and that's, 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 I, I totally agree with that. I think if I agree with you, if they don't lose that Arizona State game, they're probably ahead of Oklahoma. Oh, for sure. They've been ahead of Oklahoma all year. Well, not all year, but late in the year when both teams were winning. And that's really a true indication of wh- who the college football playoff committee thinks is better. If both, yeah. if both teams win and, one team is ahead of the other, then they obviously think that that team is better, right? Mm-hmm. So if Oregon doesn't lose to ASU and beats a top 10 Utah team, there is no way they fall out of the top four with Alabama losing and Georgia losing. Truthfully, I don't think it would matter in the overall scheme of things because I still think LSU would probably thump Oregon because I feel like – Well, they, they LSU... play Ohio State, but – Oh, because – wait the one four matchup whoa 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 oregon would be four yeah and lsu's one. Oh, do they officially come in at one yeah they're one it's lsu ohio state clemson oklahoma they switched it they switched it really you did you didn't see that no i didn't see that yeah oh wow yeah, they switched it. Gosh, I am unprofessional. Hold on. <laughs> you are unprepared. <laughs> um, Wait, but I think sure? I'm looking at it right now. Don't they come out on Tuesdays, though? Well, they, I think they released it early because this was the one weekend where this, the committee was all together. Um, and they had just they could just send it out like right away. Hmm. Do we agree with that? I know you agree with that. I agree with it just in the sense that, like, so – I think the biggest the biggest factor would be their their most recent games, right? And Wisconsin, who at the time I don't know what they were ranked at the time. Eight. Were they still eight? They didn't move after this game. Okay, they were eight at the time. And at one point in the first half, it was twenty-one to seven against Ohio State. Like they, they, I mean, credit to Ohio State for coming back. They put up twenty-seven points in the second half. And they shut out Wisconsin in the second half. But, I mean, like, they were they were looking a bit vulnerable. And then you have LSU on the other side who plays number four Georgia and just throttles them. Like, Georgia never even had a chance in that game. LSU jumped out to a 17-3 lead and was like, see ya. You're never, you're never coming back. And at one point, it was 34-3. <laughs> they, Georgia never even had a chance. And I think the thing that probably bumped them up to number one is that Wisconsin had a chance. Wisconsin Georgia was leading. Number... Yeah. Almost that game. Was... Yeah. I mean, they had every chance in the world to win that game. And Georgia never had a shot. Why is Wisconsin number eight? I don't know. <laughs> Did Wisconsin beat Penn State? They, mu- um... they must have. That's the only conceivable. I'm looking back at their um... – Northwestern, Kent State, Michigan, Illinois. They lost to Ohio State earlier in the year. They beat Iowa. Wisconsin never played Penn State. Who is their three losses? So let's see. We go back. Ohio we State go back is two of them. Yes, yeah, so Ohio State is two of them. And then they lost to – let's see. They uh, Let's go back. So they beat South Florida, beat Central Michigan. They beat Michigan, who was 14 at the time. They beat Northwestern, beat Kent State, beat Michigan State. They lost to an unranked Illinois team. Why are they number eight? I don't know. 
<laughs> like who, why? Where would you? Where would you put him? Who? Who did they beat? Oh, like what were their big wins? Yeah, Michigan. So they beat. Yeah, so let's, so they beat a 14th ranked Michigan. Um, they beat a 16th ranked Iowa. Okay. And then they were beat an 18th ranked Minnesota on the road. Oh, that Minnesota um, game was actually pretty big. Minnesota was top 10 back then. Yeah. Um, and that's really it. Uh, I mean, they had the Purdue game, but I don't, Purdue's not great. Um, but like the fact that Wisconsin's ahead of, and this really does not matter. It doesn't no. matter at all, but it's just weird for the credibility of this committee to have Wisconsin not move as a three-loss team, and you have two-loss teams like Penn State, Florida, Utah, Alabama's dropped behind them. It's just weird that that, that Wisconsin's that high. I tell you what, I think uh, I think Oregon's gonna run absolutely run all over uh, Wisconsin. Oh, you think so? In the Rose Bowl, <laughs> I hope so. Oh, dude, they're, I think they're going to spank him. <laughs> I hope Justin Herbert just throws a party. Just like, yeah, last game, see ya. Um, so let's talk about the top four. Let's talk about the top four. We, you had mentioned... we just have to talk, talk about the top three. The fourth team doesn't really matter. Well, true. So, let, well, <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me ask you right now. Um, I, I had heard uh, earlier on SportsCenter in the morning that Ohio State opens up as a two-point dog right now. To Clemson. No, why? I don't know. But they're a two-point dog to Clemson right now. I, that's probably just respect to the uh, national champs of last year. I think that's all that is. Well, here's the thing. It seemed, I mean, I, do you think Clemson is going to win that game? I think Ohio State's a better team than Clemson. <sighs> I don't know. Clemson, <laughs> Clemson, like, granted, granted the argument against Clemson right now is they really haven't played anybody. They've been sleepwalking but, through their schedule. They have, but they've been beating everybody by, like, 70 points. It's insane. Chase, like, Chase, I who I, have they played? I know. They I know. have first-round picks littered through that roster, and they're playing guys that are going to be selling cars next year. Well... Here's what I'm saying, though. Like, Ohio State played against a Wisconsin team who is nowhere near Clemson, and they looked vulnerable. But that was the second time they played Wisconsin. If you give a team two cracks at one team, they're going to look better just naturally. They get two weeks to prepare, and they know exactly what they did wrong. All I'm saying is that... This Clemson-Ohio State game, obviously for a multitude of reasons, is going to be more interesting than this LSU-Oklahoma game. But Clemson, listening to everything that I've heard about Ohio State and Clemson, like people have been dogging on Clemson all year, but now it just seems like, like there's a reason that Ohio State is a dog against them right now. Clemson is good. Clemson, I think, is a lot better than a lot of people are giving them credit for. And I wouldn't be shocked if, if they win this game. Um, I, think, I think if we were to make our – like, we made our NFL week picks, I think both of us would pick LSU over Oklahoma. Yeah, I don't think that's even a debate. Yeah, Oklahoma doesn't play any defense, so. 
Yeah, and LSU, Joe Joe Burrows. Oh my gosh, did you watch that game? Did you watch the Georgia LSU game like at all? No, I was working. Oh my gosh, dude, Joe Burrow is crazy. He number is that, he the number one pick? Oh, he might be. <laughs> he might be. It's what what struck out to me the most is just how mobile he actually is. He's very. Very uh, good at moving around in the pocket, getting out, using his legs. Like he's not. I mean, yeah, he's a pocket passer, but he has no uh, no problem at all getting out uh, and running and using his legs. Like he he is a very mobile quarterback, um, which was really impressive. Something that I I mean I hadn't been watching LSU a lot this season, but that really stuck out to me. Um. So. Yeah, final rankings, LSU over Ohio State and then Clemson and Oklahoma. Uh, who's your national champ right now? The Buckeyes. I'm going to go out of LSU. Is there any way I could pick uh, Oregon? Uh, you can pick them in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the only way that I can sort of throw you a bone there. Um, hey, Sko Ducks. Sko Ducks. Sko Ducks. How about Sko Kings? Yeah. You know? Because what's going on with the Sacramento Kings right now? I know there was a uh, shaky transition, but holy moly. The Kings just won back-to-back games on the road, one, one against Dallas, and then they had a 40-foot buzzer beater from Serbia tonight against the Blazers. I mean, not the Blazers, the Rockets. What's going on with our Kings, man? I don't like, get like, like if you were to just watch the game, look at the roster, you're just left with the question, how the heck <laughs> did the Kings score that many points with that roster? If you look at their roster without De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley, it's like it's worse than the Pelicans roster is right now. <laughs> and that that is all I like I love all the guys that are playing right now like thank you Harrison Barnes for showing up and earning your money thank you so much but oh my gosh buddy you can put up 20 shots a game with this roster if you'd like he is the greenest light in in the NBA right now <laughs> yeah uh Corey Joseph is balling just makes me really excited when he's our backup point guard mm-hmm. Um, and you got Rashawn Holmes, who has such a bright spot, been given the chance to shine, and he has shined. That man is a starting center in this league. Oh yeah, he's not an all star. He's not an all pro. Like we're not going there, but he is for sure a Dude starting play. <laughs> NBA player in this league. Yeah, it's it's good to see guys step up, and we've been dogging. I'm the I mean, at least I have been dogging on Bielitsa, but the dude has showed out these last two games. I don't expect it to come every night, nope. but he's been playing more aggressive as of late, and he's been playing a lot more confident. Confident. Yeah, it's nice to see him playing. Like, he, he seems more sure of himself yeah, right now. Yeah, but he is such a defensive liability. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't wrong. And he admitted that, actually, in the post game. Did he? Yeah. Did you hear his comments in the post game? He dropped an F bomb. Did he really? He I mean did. he is such a competitor. Him he is. and and Bogey growing up, uh just competing. Like those guys that come from overseas, like Luca and Bogdan, 
and Nemanja, they've been playing professional basketball since they were like 15 years old. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've realized that sometimes. Like these guys hold themselves to such a high standard because they're technically vets. Yeah. Let me ask you this question. If I'd have told you before the game that the Rockets were going to have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven out of their eight players who played this game in double figures. Yeah, the Rockets are legit. Would you believe me that the Kings were going to win that game? (laughs) No. Not a chance. I looked at the score and I was like, whoa, that's – no, that that doesn't seem right. How did the Kings score 119 points? Well, mainly because the Kings had uh, six of their eight players – we're in double figures as well. <laughs> With uh, Buddy leading the way, right? Uh, Buddy had 26. The next closest was Barnes with 19. Nemanja had 17. Holmes had 16. Uh, Joseph had 14. Bogey had 13. Ariza had 8. And Farrell had 6. Harrison Barnes has really shown up. Yeah. He's been, he's been playing. I think he could be a sneaky main option going forward. Not like main option, but a guy that you can dump down in the post to get you a surefire bucket. I think he's really established that role for the Kings as of late and has really like grounded that team when they're just running around trying to shoot up threes. Uh, Luke will call, hey, Corey, buddy, throw it down to Harrison Barnes and let him go to work on a smaller guard. Yeah, like you can feel confident when you give him the ball that at least the team's going to have a a chance at at scoring a bucket. Like if he go, even if he goes ISO. Like I don't. Well, I don't want him ISOing at the top of the key because I don't think. No, I like him in the post. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for back to sure. the basket. You need to create an opportunity for him. He can't create for himself, and that's not a knock on him. No, it's just it's just the reality of the situation. Yeah, I mean, Buddy's the same way. Buddy's not really a shot creator. He, he can, but he really. He's better coming off ball. He's um, hmm, how do I put this? Like he looks sure. like a shot shot creator, but the shots he's creating are not effective shots. No, he bails himself out sometimes by hitting some, but the ones that you're not seeing when you're just watching the highlights, there's a lot of buddy bricks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, it's really cute when he does that whole step back, fade away, mid-range shot over Clint Capella or whatever. But I'm like, no, buddy, no, 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 no. That is not the shot. That is that is not the way. <laughs> and he's, he's put together uh, back-to-back good games. Uh, and I want to go back to this Mavericks game a little bit, too, because we didn't get a chance to talk about that on the night that it happened. Um, the Kings tried everything they could to give Dallas that game. It, it, like did you get to did you get a chance to watch well, the Mavericks game? They were up big. Oh, they were up by like over 15 points in the third quarter and then they decided to just I don't know, make a game of it. Dallas Dallas outscored the Kings 28 to 18 in the fourth quarter. Don't 28 matter. and they outscored them 32 to 26 in the third. So they were like, okay, well, um, well, we don't want to win on the road this easily. So, Luca, just start hitting some shots. Uh, <laughs> you guys can uh, start playing this zone defense. We're just going to scare the crap out of us for whatever reason. <laughs> Even though we're professional basketball players. 
Yeah. So like we're gonna zone? Zone? Wait, what? Like what's, like what's a zone? Timeout. Luke, are they running a zone? <laughs> I didn't know we still did that. That's the that's another thing I wanted to touch on. Should we be praising Luke Walton? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> That, that didn't really answer my question. Well, I, I think so. I mean, with Fox and Bagley being out, he somehow found a way to get these guys to. But is this coaching? Compete. Is this like know. coaching? Because if I I can't really pinpoint an area that he has made these players better. Uh, well, the thing is, at the beginning of the season, we were talking about. Because we were harping on him huge. We had Ben on it at the beginning of the, the season. Um, and we were harping on Luke Walton huge. Because, yeah, exactly. Um, because it looked like he was taking the Kings out of what they were good at, which was running and playing fast. And it seems like they've sort of transitioned back into the team that they were last year in terms of playing faster. And it's turned into better performances so you kind of you kind of look back at it and go was it Luke's fault that they were playing slow at the beginning of this year yeah so if he's saying we're going to play a little bit faster now is that really his coaching or is it just the fact that he knew he knows that that's what they were good at last year and so we're just reverting back what he tried didn't work so now we're just going to go back to you know what they were doing last year. But then you make the argument, like, why even try to change it in the first place? Because he's an idiot. I got a, I got a <laughs> couple questions for you. What is the strength of the Sacramento Kings team? What is their strength? What is, like, the one thing that opposing coaches and players can pinpoint to say, we need to stop that? When they're healthy? And no, they have... no, no, no. The current roster. The current roster? The current roster, um, they just play hard. They compete. They're competing right now. Like they're they're going out and they're throwing punches. Um, and I think I think the Kings' identity right now for opposing coaches is that they don't necessarily have an identity, which may even be harder to coach against because you may not be able to say we have to stop this because it seems on any given night right now with this current roster, it can be Harrison or it can be Nemanja or it can be Buddy or it can be Bogey because it has been over the past six, seven games, you know? Yeah. I just, when I think of the Kings, not very impressive defensively. When they want to be. Mm, Bro, they get, they have matchups that get exploited. It's. I think it's really just. I mean, it. Like the it's effort really just Nemanja. Well, Buddy, I don't but, think Buddy is an elite defender by any means. Not on he's, ball. He's better off ball. Well, who's <laughs> who's a bad defender off ball? Plenty of people. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't even know what to say. James Harden is a good defender off ball. Plenty of people are bad off ball. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like. That team is just not good at defense. Well, the Kings got – they had 14 steals tonight. Steals are not an indicator of good defense. Well, then what are they? They're – you could get – so 
if Russell Westbrook just throws the ball to Corey Joseph, for example, is that good defense? No. That steal does not tell, does not somehow show that the Kings played good defense. That is just a turnover for the other team. I'm not saying you're wrong, but you can't necessarily discredit it as it's not, not being... It doesn't say the whole... It doesn't tell the whole story. That's uh, That I agree with. Like, when when people say, oh, Steph Curry led the league in steals this blah, blah, blah year, it's like uh, he could have just snuck up behind some guy and stolen the ball, or the ball could have been... had like, The defender, the guy he was defending had a bad handle and just lost it. That is not an indication that Steph Curry is somehow an elite defender, which we've seen him get exploited in the playoffs. <laughs> Right, so if the mm-hmm. Kings get a lot of steals, that doesn't mean that they're necessarily stopping guys on a consistent basis because it didn't. It doesn't look like it as of late, or for this current roster, they are not an elite defensive team, or I would say a good defensive team. They're probably an average to below average defensive team, right? <clears throat> um, and then offensively, they make a, they shoot and make. A lot of threes. They shot 45 against the Rockets tonight. They made 20. Pretty they good. They were 44%. Pretty good. That's pr- that is the one thing that I feel like they are good at, which Luke Walton does not have an effect. Well, I can restate that. He doesn't have a major effect on if guys make or miss shots. That is within the players and how many reps they get. Like, he can create open chances – Yes. Which uh, I'm going to credit him for that. I haven't really seen it because I haven't watched it that intently to a game in a while. Like, oh, that was a great play that they designed. The one play that I think was a good play was when Nemenya actually got that wide open layup dunk at the end of the end of the game. That was a good play. Luke, that was was like Dave Yeager-esque. But for the majority of the game, I can't see his impact on this team. I feel like it's just the players. The players have banded together and said everyone is uh, saying we're not good, we're not the same team, we're not making the playoffs, they're writing us off now, and we're going to show them. Dallas is sleeping on, on us. They come out to that big lead. Houston was sleeping on them, which Houston mm-hmm. is, I still think, a better team than Sacramento is. 100%. But they just caught them, caught them sleeping. And I think they've done that a lot during this stretch, and it's good to see because they've put in more effort than – the teams that they're playing against. The Kings right now are uh, one game out of the current eight-seeded playoff picture right now. They're tied with Minnesota at 10 and 13. Um, And that loss against the Spurs really comes back now a little bit. Oh, my gosh. And against Chicago. Chicago is trying to give. Yeah. So we say in the same breath that they've beaten Dallas and beaten Houston in back-to-back, but they've, they've given games away. Well, not only that, but they also beat Denver. True. They beat Denver. They lost on a buzzer beater in Boston. They beat Boston. They beat the Suns when they were early on. They should have beat the Lakers early on in the year if it wasn't for that stupid call. They beat the Jazz already this year. And then they also barely lost to the Nuggets on a different occasion as well. I think they've definitely gotten up for bigger big games that's the one thing it seems like right now with this team is that if there's if the rockets 
or the Clippers or the Nuggets or the Lakers are on the schedule, like, they show up. Yeah. Either that or the other teams just assumes that's a win. Yeah, and then you just – and then you have the game against, like, Portland where they lose. And then you have the game against San Antonio where they lost or Chicago Those or the Those are Nets. all bad teams. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Portland is not good. <laughs> no, they're not. They play less defense than the Kings. <laughs> well, with Melo on the floor, yeah. Oh, um, my gosh. Melo and Beely to were going at each other. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh, my gosh. But you know what? Good for Carmelo for uh, oh, coming it's back so and playing. cool to see yeah, him like, Good for him. Yeah, 100%. And he's like, you want to talk about somebody who's got something to prove? Somebody who's got a chip on his shoulder? Oh, my gosh. That's like the biggest chip ever. It's just Being cool totally to like blackballed play. like that. Yeah, it is. I agree. I totally agree. I'm surprised the Lakers didn't get him after seeing like how – because obviously teams saw him work out and everything, and they they probably had a pretty good idea that he looked good. Yeah, I guess just the idea that LeBron could have been able to swing that. Oh, for sure. And the yeah. Lakers need – well, they don't, they don't need it, but he would have fit with them because they don't need a lot right now. Like, he would be perfect to come off the bench. I think so, yeah. You have him come off the bench with, like, Kuzma and uh, Caruso. And Dwight. Um, Yeah, and Rondo. Rondo. That's like Especially Rondo. The old Eastern Conference starting five right there. Dwight, Carmelo, Rondo. (laughs) Yeah, You get LeBron in there. Resign Dwayne. Yeah, there you go. That's bringing back old times. There you go. Maybe trade for D-Rose. Uh, we'll just say that they they trade Rondo for CP3. Go CP3. Kind of feel bad for him. He does not look like he wants to be in Oklahoma City. No, <laughs> <laughs> the dude does not look. Uh, that I don't know if I can say that, but like he doesn't look like in basketball shape. He just he doesn't seem like and he's Chris, like not trying. He doesn't seem like Chris Paul. Like, I, I went to the game where Oklahoma City played Portland and just watched, and he was, like, not into the game at all. Like, he would, whenever he got the ball, he would just pass it off to um, Gilgis Alexander or Dennis Schroeder, and it was just, like, and then he would just sag off the ball the whole time. And, um, yeah, I it's a really weird situation. I mean, good for him. He's getting paid. Oh, my gosh. And the most, like <laughs> – like the most, like who has the easiest job in the NBA right now? I it's Chris Chandler Paul, Parsons. <laughs> Chandler Parsons. That boy hasn't played in three years, and he's still getting paid twenty five plus mil. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But like Chris Paul, like he's got the like that contract that the Rockets gave him that long ago was so absurdly ridiculous. And the fact that now he's just I mean, he could he could literally do nothing for the rest of the year and get being get paid forty million dollars. It's insane. It's yeah. insane. Um so that's really all the, the sports news we were gonna talk about. We have maybe a couple more minutes that we can kill. Um Sam, do you have any like I watched The Mandalorian. Oh you did? I am up to date. Did you watch episode five? Yes. Yeah, so I got some real geek talk. Okay, cool. Um, and your... this is no spoiler review or spoiler warning at all. I got a text from your girlfriend a while back saying uh, how uh, nerdy uh, 
both of us had sound when we were talking about it, but I don't think either one of us, yeah, I don't think either one of us care. Oh, no, God, no. And it's the uh, most, one of the most prevalent things happening in the world of entertainment at the moment. So, uh, suck it. I don't care. I don't. This is a good month for entertainment, though. You have Jumanji 2 coming out, which I hope is funny. Oh, by the way, by the way, I saw Dr. Sleep. Have yeah. you have you seen the conjuring? Not the conjuring. Um, did uh, hang on? Let me go back for a second. Let me go back for a second. I need, I need to uh, I need to check um, something about Doctor Sleep. Um. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so did you uh, did you see The Shining? Have you like have you seen it? No. So. The Shining for me, like, it wasn't one of the, like, I don't really compare it to, like, a movie like The Conjuring or something like that, because that movie's all about, like, ghosts and ghouls, and while The Shining is kind of about spirits and stuff like that, The Shining for me was more of, like, a tense a tense movie, because other than that, like, naked old lady grandma thing in the in the bathroom, like, there really wasn't, like, a monster or alien or demon in The Shining, it was kind of just like a a really tense movie where, you know, Jack Nicholas uh, goes absolutely bonkers. Um, so I ended up seeing Dr. Sleep and I loved it. I really, really enjoyed it. And it was um, a movie that I was already expecting to like because I love Ewan McGregor and I love Rebecca Ferguson. But that movie was legitimately really really good i i i'll say it right now i think it was better than the shining um i i enjoyed it more than the shining actually i i enjoyed the shining but i came away from dr sleep uh actually i i enjoyed it more um and i don't and to me you know you could say that the shining is a bit dated i don't think it matters because it's not like there were like really any special effects in the shining anyway so it's not like you can look at like where you can look at like an old Star Wars movie compared to one now where it's like, well, of course, the new ones look better. The Shining, in my opinion, it, just because it's an older movie doesn't mean it doesn't hold up. Um, but Dr. Sleep, just the the story, I was totally able to follow. The performances were great. And in my opinion, I actually enjoyed Dr. Sleep more than The Shining. Um but that that was me. But you were right. I just had I had to say that because I forgot I forgot to talk to you about that. But in terms of the movies out right now, nineteen seventeen, Knives Out, Ford vs Ferrari, Frozen Two, Dark Waters, like there are some uh, good movies uh, out. Uh, uh. Jumanji Two coming out. You mm-hmm. have uh, obviously Star Wars Episode Nine's coming out. Yeah. You have The Mandalorian going on right now. You have The Witcher. Is coming now. This, I'm stoked for that. It looks so. They they released a uh, like a character um, preview where mm. uh, Henry Cavill's just describing uh, Gerald. Yeah, it is. It looks so good. I'm I'm all oh. in. I'm all in on The Witcher right now. Oh, um, it looks so good. I man, I really hope it's not a dud. Like I hope. I heard no, it. It doesn't give off any signs that it's a dud. No, not at all. I, I'm, I'm all in for it. I'm just, I'm just crossing my fingers that it's not one of those like the Suicide Squad where the trailer was amazing and the movie was like, well, 
<laughs> no, but this just looked like the visual of this show looks out of this world. Like it looks like they had the Game of Thrones budget going into this. Speaking of that, so does the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian looks insane. It looks great. It looks like a Star Wars, like a Star Wars movie. It really does. It for really t- does. For a TV show to have that kind of budget is pretty, pretty amazing. For a thirty-minute TV show. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question about the Mandalorian, and it it might dip into spoilers. So if you haven't seen the show, go um, see it. Yeah, go watch it and come back. Um, it's or, a great show. It really is. It's a good show. I've enjoyed it so far. So this might dip. This is gonna probably dip into. Uh, some spoilers real quick. So just forewarning. Um, but that episode four, the one where um, they had to set up like a, they had to yeah. defend that. I, yeah, I did yeah, yeah. I did not enjoy that episode. I thought that was the worst episode in the, in the series so far. One through three had me. I was all good. Episode four took a nosedive off the cliff. And uh, I just thought episode five, the newer one was pretty good. I didn't get all the – everyone's saying that episode five was the best. I didn't see that. I did not think it was the best. I thought three is my favorite so far. Three was good. Three was good. I, I enjoyed three. Um, but I didn't have a problem with four. I think it showed – it dipped into the nostalgia a little bit, which I kind of enjoyed. I just thought it was kind of cheesy. I – the the coolest part of episode four for me, he was gonna smash that that mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, and actually, I'm glad he didn't. What? Uh, yeah, I'm glad they didn't. I, no, I, I, w- I wanted a scene where she'd be like, "Oh, can you can you take the mask off?" And he's like, "No, but I but I can take my pants off." <laughs> I'm actually really glad that they did it because I didn't want him to take his mask off for just some random chick that he met on a planet. Like, I'm glad they didn't do that. Yo, if you're that chick, you're a hoe. You don't even know what this dude looks like. You don't know anything about the dude. And she's like, oh, my God. Like, do you ever take your mask off? Like, when's the last time you took your mask off? Oh, you got to stay and live with me forever. Like, look how happy he is. It's like, bitch, hop off. <laughs> um, oh, and the other chick, too. I thought the other chick and Amanda uh, were going to go at it. No, she's a, she's not a great actress. Oh, you don't like her? She was in uh, Deadpool 1? Well, she was better in that. I didn't like her in this. Oh, I didn't think she was that bad. I didn't think she was that bad. I just didn't think she didn't really like do much for me. Um, huh. And uh, I, th- but the the coolest part of episode four for me, the only really cool part, was when that ATST had its red eyes glowing in the for- forest, mm-hmm. and then it walked out. I was like, okay, that was badass. Like if that was in a normal Star Wars movie, and like that was a preview to a fight, I was all in on that part. But that fight was kind of meh. Yeah, it's kind of man, man. And I mean the, the the fight um with Mando and that chick fighting the random people in the tent. I thought that was actually really cool. That fight was pretty good. The close quarter fights are really cool with yeah. this show, where yeah. they keep it like really grounded. But when they get like big, like multiple parties are at war, pretty much. I think it's just like eh. 
Yeah, it was so – but I'm all in on the show so far. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I'm I'm good. I'm good for the show. I love Pedro Pascal as an actor. So him being the Mandalorian, like when I heard he was going to be playing that role, I was really happy about that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and speaking of Pedro Pascal, um, the Wonder Woman trailer got released. Yeah. Have, have you seen he's, it? He's the, he's the villain. Yeah, and Cheetah is also supposed to be um, the main villain as well, which, nice. is, which was that blonde chick, which I don't know if they're going to give away what she looks like until the movie. They might on a final trailer. Um, I don't think it'd be a lot of footage. Um, but uh, that that trailer, it didn't do much for me. I don't know about I think, you. I mean, judging the movie purely off of the trailer, it seems like this movie's going to be worse than... It didn't. It seems like they're not adding anything from the first Wonder Woman. Yeah, it, like it almost. It didn't. It doesn't feel like it connects at all. Other than having Chris Pine's character come back, which I have how? no idea how <laughs> in the world he's back. And I don't know why they spoiled that. Like, why wouldn't you wait to? I, have that in the movie like, so why i would read, you just spoil it in the preview i read a report on cinema blend saying that patty jenkins for those of you that don't know is the director saying that how they brought him back was really important and that he ends up playing a really big role in the movie but i don't know why oh was it the whole thing um there's that there's the narrator talking the whole time and and it's like i think a bad guy it's Pedro's character, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, I will give you whatever your heart desires. And then the next shot was um, Chris Pine's character's back. And then Maybe, he's like, yeah. now that I've given you what you want, I need something in return. I think that was the whole sequence of that. So maybe he has some way of bringing Steve back. I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's, so there's an article in Cinema Blend that's titled, Seriously? How is Chris Pine back for Wonder Woman 1984? And here's the quote from Patty Jenkins. She says, I can't tell you how, he is, how he's alive, but here's what I will say. We didn't put Steve Trevor in this movie because we just wanted to put Steve Trevor in this movie. When we thought, about, when we thought of the story for this film while we were making the first film, a eureka moment came and couldn't have been told without <laughs> Chris Pine playing Steve Trevor. So I promise you it's not a gimmick. It's integral to the story. It's incredibly important that we had him, and uh, and we ju- and we're just super excited. It was that I can't wait for you to see. Yeah, so, I got okay. So you're you're gonna be part of the uh, that group of writers right here, and I'm gonna have I'm Patty Jenkins with this Eureka moment, right? Yeah. Oh my god! I just realized this movie sucks. Without Steve Trevor in it. <laughs> we need to get Chris Pine back in this. <laughs> he was the best part. Him and Gal Gadot interaction was the best part of Wonder Woman 1. And this movie is trash without it. Yeah, so we're going to cake the whole thing. And we're going to bring him back. Like, this script that we had without him, yeah, we're getting rid of it. Like, let's just bring him back. Like, what is it? She's talking to no one? And she's just kicking ass. I mean, I guess, guess. that's cool. I'm, yeah, I don't know. I okay, but her riding on the lightning in the trailer—that was actually kind of cool. When she like lassoes the lightning. And... Yeah, that was kind of cool. Um, but the trailer overall didn't do much for me. So nah. I, hopefully, they come back with a, a second. Uh, well, obviously they're gonna, but hopefully they come back with a, uh, um, 
a, a better trailer than that because I thought that trailer was kind of a dud. So, so I got I got a really serious question. Okay, we don't have too much longer, so let's try to move it along. But yeah, what's up? So you know how Baby Yoda is fifty years old. Mm-hmm. So now that he's being raised by presumably like a human, yeah, at least in year time, if Mando puts Baby Yoda in school, how would that work? Because if he goes year by year, in 12 years he's done, he still doesn't know how to speak. Right? So does he just like keep redoing kindergarten until he becomes of age to go on to first grade? Well, here's... (laughs) See, here's the question I have for you on that. I heard somebody when I was at Drill um, saying, are we even 100% sure that that is Yoda like they well, haven't it's not like they haven't come out and explicitly said that that is Yoda look it can't Yoda's died before the show takes place yeah so I don't I think it's it's actually a uh, like a reincarnation type of thing I don't I like to I don't I'm not 100% sold that that is Yoda I know everybody wants to believe it is right now but I'm not I'm not sure I think they're just calling it Yoda because we don't know what the species name is and there's we've only seen one of them. Exactly. Exactly. So um <clears throat> well that'll about do it. We're gonna hit our hour and a Why, half. Why you didn't mark. even talk about my school thing? Well sorry, I don't how I don't, does I don't that, really have an answer for how you. How do they go how does that species go to school? Does it take them like a hundred years to finish one year of schooling equivalency? I I truthfully do not have an answer for it. And is that why they're so wise? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't get it. Well, I don't think that's a question we're ever going to have to answer. And in the show, they call Baby Yoda he. True. How do they know it's a he? I don't know. I'm sure Mando had to wash him once. If Mando hasn't even taken off his dang helmet... How's he going to take off Yoda's robes? You'll have to talk to Mando about that. I'm not sure. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that'll about do it for us on uh, episode 29 of Nothing to Say to Fans podcast. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us to the end. If you did stick with us through this entire time, again, I don't know why. I feel like you have better uh, better ways to spend your time. But we appreciate it. So thank you guys so much. Have a fantastic rest of your week. And we will see you all when we see you next Thanks, guys.